Hey everybody, before this episode begins, I just wanted to admit I made a bit of recording error on this one, and so you are going to hear a slight echo throughout the episode. Uh, It's pretty faint, and I don't think it's very noticeable, but I just wanted to clear that out of the way before the episode begins. So, without further ado, here is our discussion on Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Hello and welcome to The Stinger, a superfan's guide to the latest in Marvel, Star Wars, and other nerd entertainment. Joining me on today's episode is a familiar face indeed, a Stinger favorite, Mr. Trent Neely. Welcome back. How you doing, Trent? Oh, I'm so glad to be back and to be talking about such a uh, fun trip of a film that we're going to be talking about today is an extra special treat. So looking forward to this one a lot. Yeah, this is, uh, we, we've got a lot to, to talk about in this in this episode, so I'm glad you're here, Trent, because you've always got um, a great perspective to add. We have another great perspective to add on today's episode. I'm super excited to introduce everybody to a new guest making her debut on The Stinger. It's Aaliyah Ritchie. How you doing, Aaliyah? Pretty good. Pretty good. How are you guys? Doing great. Good. Fantastic. We're so glad to have you here. Um, Thank you. Thank you for having me on. Yeah, absolutely. We are pumped to talk Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. What, what a divisive movie! Apparently, uh, yeah. <laughs> we've you know this is Trent and I have spent so much time on this podcast just talking just about how much we love to just talk about these stories mm-hmm. and the things that we love, and you know we've both got you know a deep connection to the Marvel universe, the star Wars universe, things that we grew up watching as kids and have continued to watch throughout, throughout our life. Yeah. Every time, every time we've got a new guest on the podcast, I like to give them a chance to just kind of talk about what, what kind of drew them into Marvel or to this fandom space. And so Aliyah, I know you went and saw Dr. Strange with your family. You've told me before about just how much y'all bond over and connect uh, Mm -hmm. these movies. And so how, how did you, become a fan of all of this marvel stuff or other other fandom stuff yeah so i would say it was initially just growing up my dad he was a super big fan and nerd back in like the 70s 80s and 90s and just continuing on and he basically just exposed us to it and my brother who's much older than me took interest and then I took interest in it and um, it was kind of just going from there. And we really enjoyed the, for me, I really enjoyed those um, animated Marvel movies um, because I couldn't always go back and read these older comics my dad would like talk to me about. And so um, that was like a really good like um, intro for me. And um, then my dad would just fill me in on basically everything else. And he's like, actually, in this thing, and this thing actually happened, and <laughs> oh, this yeah. timeline, and all this stuff. So, um, yeah, I would say it was mostly my dad. And then it just became like a family um, between my brother and I. But uh, we try and bring my sister and everyone else in. 
it became like a family thing to do where it's very exciting. And um, yeah, my sister's just also created like a, she has like a super big interest in it as well. Now my nephews and stuff like that. So it's carried down the family line. <laughs> That's amazing. That's amazing. Cause I, it's like, I, my family was very similar too. It's not always the case that you get everybody in the family kind of like hype about this stuff. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and so it's fun when everybody kind of gets in on it together. Um, knowing that you've, you know, you've been a fan of this stuff for a while. You know, we, we had um, our friend John Mark on the podcast last week for the first time. We made him answer this question. I'm mm-hmm. curious, do you have a favorite Marvel movie or show? It could be one of the animated ones you're talking about. We won't limit it just mm. to the MCU, but do you have oh. a favorite Marvel movie or show? Or, or maybe not even Marvel, just something else in fandom. Um, I have, I just love so many of these things. I know. I can't. <laughs> I can't bleed. I won't just say fandom because I can't bleed DC and Marvel together because in my opinion, I think for me, DC would always take the cake, especially animated. Okay. Um, Oh yeah. So um, I know the DCEU is just, it's, it's been through the ringer, but I just (laughs) love the characters at heart. But um, I would say if you're bringing in the animated movies, I would say my favorite animated movies, in our Marvel movie would be probably Hulk versus that movie was just like I loved how they broke it up into two different um you know basically storylines but they were also connected and um it was just something you don't really see like you don't I feel like we haven't had much exposure um with Hulk's personal story um in the MCU and I think he has a very compelling story Mm-hmm. and um it's pretty interesting and i know they've kind of botched him like early on with the first hulk movie that ever came out but um i would say that's probably my favorite there's just so many though um but then maybe my favorite mcu movie um i would say maybe maybe age of ultron i think and i might oh, say that wow. right now I respect I that choice so much. I really do. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> wow. Why Age of Ultron? Well, I think currently right now it's because I am missing Tony Stark. <laughs> so I think yeah. that's the real reason because I'm going back and looking. I've looked at some of the Iron Man movies the past like couple of months. And I'm like, oh, I just love this movie. And I'm like, I did not ever feel this way. But <laughs> I think it is from like Tony Stark being gone in the MCU, you definitely yeah. feel a, I don't know. You just kind of feel like something's missing. So um, I would say I that. I agree with you. Um, but then of course they're like the, the things I can't even, I'm like in game of like, is, yeah. I don't even know if you can count that. That's like definitely a, right. everyone's <laughs> yeah, right. Everybody says that, right? Yeah, yeah. It's hard. It's hard to not include in game when, when that question yeah. brought up. <laughs> yeah. Man, I love the fact that you ride hard for Age of Ultron, though. That is, uh, <laughs> that's something you don't find many places. Yeah, I feel like yeah. there's been, and, and that movie's come back because of WandaVision and everything mm-hmm. too. It's kind of come back into the fold over the past year. I need to go back and rewatch it. It's been so long since I've seen that movie. You definitely need another look. I, I'm also a Age of Ultron stan. Like, yeah, yeah. So, 
Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, there's more there's more of you out there than I think you realize. There's more Age of Ultron truthers than I than I realized, that's for sure. So <laughs> Yeah, I think there there might be something to it. Maybe go back and watch. <laughs> no, I'm starting to think that too. That's amazing. <laughs> thank you. Thank you for sharing, Aaliyah. That's uh that's amazing. Um Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thank you all for joining us on today's podcast. Uh, you know, don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Leave a rating review, and uh, you can follow us on social media at the Stinger Pod. Um, you know, I, we are here today to talk about this crazy movie that just came out, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, and I feel like there's so much to discuss. I it's we don't even I don't even want to you know play around at the beginning and be like oh did you like it blah 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 we're just gonna dive straight into <laughs> the discussion because there's so much to talk about uh and it's hard to talk about this movie without spoiling anything so yeah this is your spoiler oh or? yeah absolutely spoilers okay. <laughs> spoilers are are here included on this podcast so if you have not seen the movie yet i don't know why you'd be listening to this podcast i'm gonna be honest but just in case <laughs> you put it on know that spoilers are coming if you haven't seen this movie yet go go out and watch it and come back and listen to this episode and now as we always do it's time to slip on our jedi robes enter the council chamber and discuss everything there is to talk about in dr strange and the multiverse of madness and so with that being said uh you know what did what did you think of this movie? What did what did you like about Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness? Uh, I think for me, I just appreciated that this. I, I saw a lot of tweets saying this, where this might be the most comic book movie, like the most comic booky the MCU's ever been. Um, mm. It's just insane. I mean, Sam Raimi. This is the first thing he's directed in ten years, so you can oh, tell wow. he's just having so much fun going full 180 speed like throwing the most crazy visuals we've ever seen um I, I so i thought from a directorial and visual standpoint it's one of the most uh unique and striking marvel movies we've seen and i think this is also some of the best uh performances from some of these actors we're, we're ever gonna see i think elizabeth olsen is already being underappreciated in what a fantastic job she did as wanda for this movie oh my gosh mm-hmm. Um, yeah. This is like a this is like a top five MCU performance for me from her in this. Um, yeah, it's so good. I would say I agree. My favorite, like the, I think there's like a two. There are two sides to this. Like I love Wanda, and I love that she's in the movie, and I love um, certain aspects that they they emphasized with her. But I also feel. Um, I also love that. Yeah, I just love her presence in the movie. But um, I would say I also love that they brought the um, the sorcery and the um, magic. Like they're bringing these two things together to see how they work in the MCU. Yeah. Um, that is also, you know, might be <laughs> the part in the movie where uh it kind of fall falters and it kind of falls apart but i think that you know they're testing it out and they're work they're going to be working through this and going yeah. further into this cuz i mean they brought up a lot of you know mutants and human you know they've brought up a lot now so i think there's 
I like that they introduced this and they're making yeah. these things one because I think it is starting to show how massive and gigantic the um, MCU is. Absolutely. And it allows, you know, a director like Sam Raimi to go full throttle in a movie like this. You know, I, I for me, I'll, I'll speak for myself. I think when I when I think about this movie, what's going to make me return to this movie in the future is just how visually stunning it is. It is mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. the the VFX and just the cinematography of it is incredible. It, it It's obviously shot like a horror movie and there's going to be jump scares and things like that. But I always I think a Doctor Strange movie should always be very visually enticing and just have like a lot of kind of out there abstract things going on like the i will we'll get to it more later but like the musical uh <laughs> the oh music my gosh. Fight, like stuff like that belongs in a doctor strange movie and i'm so glad they opened the doors to just be like yeah we're gonna do whatever in this movie and you're gonna enjoy it and i'm like yeah, yeah. sign me up for more of this it, it looks incredible no um, it was Sorry, Josh. Nah, go for it. Go for it, Trent. No, no, but it was one of those things where I'm a, I'm also a stand for the original Doctor Strange movie, but I but I know uh-huh. a lot of people didn't like how they didn't like do enough magic in that movie. A lot of people said it was like it's just punching with like some occasional glowy discs. So like the minute for the opening battle that like Doctor Strange conjures like a random like space dog to eat a <laughs> throne car and then like uses a lamppost to poke an eyeball out of an octopus, I was yeah. like that's the moment that I knew that that literal shot of the eyeball, I was like, oh, this is going to decide whether people are like in or out of this movie. Like, yeah. Right yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, you're so right. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I was here for it, but I, to- I totally 100% agree with people who were like, that was a bridge too far. And I- it never won me back after that. I totally understand that side of it, too. Mm. Yeah, I think that's an interesting point because we were talking about this a little bit beforehand. To me, I didn't feel like they marketed this movie like it was going to be a horror movie. And yeah, I agree. That's going to inevitably that's going to turn some people off. Some people just that's not I I personally am not a horror movie fan. I don't Mm -hmm. I don't seek those movies out. I felt like this one was a very tame version of what a horror movie uh, could be. And so Mm -hmm. the fact that they didn't market it as such, I'm sure there was people that went to this movie and were immediately <laughs> super disappointed and super off put by, by the things happening in this movie. Right. Cause it was this interesting thing where obviously, you know, Marvel was pushing that. It's like, Hey, it's us reuniting with Sam Raimi who made those three Spider-Man movies that everyone loves. And everyone's like, they're fun and cute and corny a little bit in the best way. Yeah. And like people forget. And um, even me, uh, you know, Sam Raimi got his start doing sort of this horror comedy blend with like the evil dead back in the yeah. 80s and nineties, which I actually just saw right. the first one of those during quarantine so i sort of had this new context of like oh sam raimi can go like dark but i yeah if i had jumped right from you know the jazz dance scene in spider-man 3 to you know wanda snapping necks it would have been more jarring for sure yeah Yeah, oh my gosh yeah extremely (laughs) extremely um you know this this movie i don't think anyone would argue this movie was perfect no uh oh no (laughs) <laughs> I, you know, yeah, exactly. I, 
I feel like we all just talked. There's definitely like we enjoyed this movie. It was entertaining. But what were some problems you had with the movie? So for me, my biggest thing on a macro level that impedes everything else is I don't think Doctor Strange has a good character arc or character journey through this whole thing. I don't. I, I see what they're sort of trying to say with like the thing with him and Christine by the end, but I'm like, I don't know if that's really like him experiencing any meaningful change from start to finish. Interesting. I think the most well-developed character in this whole thing is Scarlet Witch by far. And huh. everyth- every- everybody else is kind of takes a backseat when it comes to the character work for this one for me. And that's what keeps it from being like a really great movie in my estimation. Mm. I think that, <sighs> I don't know. I think the fight scenes were a little, she had real, Wanda had really wowing moments. And I think Mm -hmm. there were extreme moments of gore and they had like the classic um, horror chase scenes and the suspense. But I think when you kind of like look at it as an MCU movie, you're like, Oh, these fight scenes are, Mm," you know, like, (laughs) yeah. They're almost non-existent in a sense, other than Wanda just kind of like um, completely like decimating her opponent or Uh just her like red glowing, um, her magical powers, just like attacking Kamartage. And I think that part was a little disappointing for me. Um, And yeah, there were there were a few other things, but I would say that was like one of the biggest things for me. Interesting. Yeah, I, you know, now that you say that, I didn't, I didn't think about it much, but it wasn't a, the, while I'm glad the sorcery, the, the magic, you know, was displayed well, the, the, the fight sequences, yeah, there wasn't, there, there was never much of a fight. It, it was yeah. all very one-sided. Wanda was doing <laughs> a lot of the beatdown. <laughs> yeah. And I, and I think maybe I expected more from, um, Captain Marvel, you know, yeah. just like something where <laughs> something where uh, she had to run for her money in this. And maybe that goes to show like the Scarlet Witch. But right. I think yeah. at the same time, there could have been a few there could have been a few scenes there here and there where, you know, she was not everywhere all at once, you know. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or even against Doctor Strange. I mean, honestly, those two don't really go at it 1v1 ever in mm-hmm. a way that you would expect because i mean doctor strange master of the mystic arts you know if yeah. anyone's going to be able to level with wanda it should be him mm-hmm. and i guess we didn't really get a chance to see that and that is disappointing yeah yeah, yeah. i i for my for myself trent i actually i feel like 99 percent of the time we agree on this podcast mm-hmm and I gotta be honest, I I think I'm reverse of what you think about this movie. That that's fine. <laughs> I just this is a monumental moment. I feel like there's rarely ever a divide between us. So I know this uh, makes for great content. So exactly, go. exactly. <laughs> I really felt like I and we're gonna talk about this in a second. I'm glad that you brought this point up in particular. I. I don't know if I love Doctor Strange's character arc in this in this movie, but I felt like there was a more reasonable arc there than there was for Wanda. I personally mm-hmm. felt like the stuff with Wanda was extremely rushed. And that's even coming after 
we got an entire TV series in WandaVision that That's was right. supposed to give her a lead up of a character arc to this movie, which I, I, mm-hmm. I'm I, not going to argue that it didn't. I think it did. I just felt like the leap this movie took with Wanda was a really far leap. And so mm. that's that's my that's uh I think other than that there's some other uh nits to pick about this movie in terms of expectations about what we were actually going to see in this movie mm-hmm. in terms of maybe the the length of the movie we can get to some of that stuff oh, yeah. later. Mm-hmm. Um but I want to I want to really hone in on the the two main characters of this movie, Doctor Strange and Wanda Maximoff, and I I think one of the the biggest div- dividers amongst the fans after this movie is the portrayal of of Wanda as the titular villain in this movie. So, how do you feel about the portrayal of Wanda? Do you think they succeeded in what they're trying to do? Do you think they they missed some things? What how, how do you feel about it? I, I personally thought they nailed it. I really do. Um, okay. I, I like that the movie doesn't waste time pretending that she's not the villain. It's just one verbal slip-up of her knowing America's name, and then she's like, okay, you figured it out. Like, all bets are off. Um, and, like, I totally understand, like, what you're saying, Josh, I've been feeling rushed. My only counterpoint to that is, like, they she kind of spells it out where she's like, I enslaved a whole town, I made a mistake, I killed my husband twice, technically, and it didn't matter. And so it's like, and nobody checked up on her, like, after yeah. that. Like, they just sort of yeah. left her to fend for herself and with her grief and this dark book that promises to fix everything. Um, so I think it's totally valid that when she has this unlimited power at her fingertips, that she, when she's already so powerful, that it wouldn't be that hard for her to latch on to the, these, you know, kids from this other universe to make her do these extreme things. It worked for me entirely. It really okay. did. Oh, wow. Okay. Man, that's good. I, I mean, that's... It landed for you. That's that's an accomplishment for sure. How how about you, Aaliyah? Um, so I don't necessarily have a problem with Wanda being um, a villain in the movie because even though I really enjoyed WandaVision and I felt like it, they were exploring the side of things where it's like, you know, she has good intentions, but she's doing horrible things. And this, yeah. I mean, yeah. they just completely blew that out of the water with this and just, right. yeah. <laughs> um, which is a little confusing, but like, um, I will say that her, um, I was a little confused because at the end of WandaVision, like her kids are like screaming help, which I guess that could have been the dark hold, like trying to um, basically like coerce her into using it or, yeah. Never, I forgot the demon's name that wrote the Darkhold. Um, I can't think of it off the top of my head now. Me yeah, either. it starts with a K or something. And maybe that was him, you know. But I was kind of like, okay, so she's going traveling to these different universes, trying to find where her kids actually exist. I wish they would have explained how do her kids exist in other universes. Like, in yeah, what way? And like, how does Vision have to... Like, what does Vision have to do with that? And, like, just, like, not seeing Vision at all was a yes. little bit, like, I feel like that's a monkey wrench in her character arc because um, I think, yeah, I don't think it's necessarily fair for her character arc. You know, she was, she grew because of Vision being around. And then the whole, the show was literally called WandaVision. So it's, like, 
Yeah. You know, and these kids, she wanted to have a family with him. You know, it wasn't like she just wanted yeah. kids. It was just, it she ended up having, she created this world because of vision. So it was just kind of like missing vision completely in her arc um, as she, you know, became a villain. I don't know how they would have done that if they introduced him, but I think it would, just would have been more beneficial, I think. I well, think I so, too. Yeah. I, d- I definitely think his absence is felt, I will say. Yeah, that is weird that we don't even get, like, a passing mention. That, like, yeah. Because, like, the vision that we know from WandaVision literally gave, like, all of his memories to the new one. And then he, like, flew off into nothing space. Like, Right. Yeah. Where is he? <laughs> right. Where is he? That's a great point. He has the memories. I. It's so weird because I... It's not like they they obviously honed in on her hunting after her children in another universe. That's she obviously lost a lot in losing her children, but she also lost vision. I mean, she created Westview in order to revive vision. You know what I mean? Like I, mm-hmm. I don't that's a that's a very good point on on y'all's on y'all's end. Like his his absence was really felt. I was just gonna say, like, and I'm not shocked that they of course decided to go this route with Wanda because of her um, House of M comic, which I haven't read, but just like definitely looking through like all the Wikipedia like stuff and um, just like looking through it and just hearing different people's opinions that have read it. It's kind of like, um, yeah, she did some ruthless stuff. And I think it would have been like she killed Hawkeye like twice in the House of M comic. Oh gosh. And just like, I mean, just doing absolutely, she, in that comic, she literally erased mutants off of the face of the earth. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think, I think it's completely fine that they went that route. I know a lot of people have that problem because maybe, you know, they teased um, or they gave people. They did like, tease mutants. That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think they gave people like hope that she would, you know not go that route in WandaVision and I think people feel maybe a little duped <laughs> oh yeah, yeah no for sure I I mean I, I think a lot of fans do my I, I lean more towards your side Aaliyah I, I think I don't have a problem with Wanda being the villain at all like I think ultimately that was a good choice for the movie to have arguably I'm not even joking like arguably the most powerful character in the mm-hmm. MCU be yeah. the villain of this movie against Doctor Strange. I just mm-hmm. really was it was hard for me to like I understand that she was a villainous figure in WandaVision, right? She was doing a horrible thing with good intentions, like we said. That's a that makes for a good villain usually. Mm-hmm. I just felt like by the end of that show the lesson that I feel like I picked up is that she, someone got through to her that this is wrong. And that she can now go and grieve not having vision in her life, not having these children in her life. And mm-hmm. and when this movie picks up, it is like all of a sudden, all that's out the window. I understand the dark hold can mess with someone's with someone's mind in a way that it kind of corrupts them. And I and that's essentially what the movie is telling us is that that the dark hold the writing is that Wanda is the way she is in this movie, this like murder on this murder rampage 
because the dark hold corrupted her is that is is that what you guys got got from that, this movie that, that's how i feel yeah. and, I, and i will say I, you know i i do think it is surprising that like that little post credit scene in wandavision of her staring at the dark hold and then the, the kids calling out to her like i don't think anybody would have thought that like oh that was like a crucial step right. in her <laughs> character process for setting up dr strange like i don't think anybody thought it was that heavily important um and- yeah exactly and i think that's the misstep is it's a post-credit scene i think there's gotta be i i I think there's a different Mm -hmm. version of this movie where maybe there is another villain in this movie that's after america chavez and wanda is actually working with stephen strange to save her until she realizes she can find her children in another universe by using the dark hold and maybe the villain turn happens later in the movie. I just felt like the the villain turn came so quick, and it wasn't. It, I to me, what makes a good villain is you're able to to sympathize w- with them, right? Uh, mm-hmm. In in a sense that you can. It's it's like we were talking about the the horrible actions mixed with good intentions. But to me, in this movie, I didn't get that from Wanda. I felt like they kind of reduced her to. I, I kind of i mean like a whole, truly a horror movie level villain that is just on a murder spree with mm-hmm. the hopes of reuniting her family sure that's a good intention but at, at what cost i just i just felt like it was really really rushed in my opinion and i and i and i think it the the other problem i had with it as i was thinking about it was she's i think there's two characters in the mcu who have lost more than in any other and i think wanda's one of them and i think thor is the other We've seen them lose countless lives, right? Uh, of of yeah. loved ones that were close to them. And in a Infinity War and Endgame, Thor gets to have the hero arc of losing so much, yet being able to return, uh, and never never turning into a villain, but like sustaining suffering and going on and becoming the hero. Whereas here with Wanda, again, I, I don't think it's bad that she was the villain, but they almost made her unredeemable and and that's that's kind of tough to like write the most the most powerful also Mm -hmm. woman character in the mcu write her this way there's a lot of work that they're gonna have to do to redeem her in the future and it's just a there's a difference to me in how they wrote you know a very important woman character versus how they've written some of the the main characters in the past so yeah i don't know yeah uh it kind of it kind of just stuck out to me i would say i agree like i think i don't really know how she is redeemable at this point um i I know (laughs) it's tough like yeah i don't really know how they're going to move forward with that i guess when they create the agatha harkness show um wanda might make an appearance towards the end or something like that and they can i don't know talk about how the dark hold corrupted them (laughs) yeah i don't yeah. know like how wanda can i don't pay penance for her sins or something like that but i think um there's also that interesting point you brought up which is the most powerful female character in the mcu um her her arc kind of stepped into this whole thing of like hysteria which is yeah. like like i think women i think there are a few women that have a problem with that um seeing that they love Wanda or they love this arc that she went through. Um, and this is, you know, probably 
arguably the well this is the character that has had the most screen time at this point and or female character and I think yeah I think they kind of stepped on some toes doing that um because I don't think women really agree with how she was being portrayed and how it became like crazy she became crazy this crazy woman who um is just after her kids and you know which um personally I mean I just like the fact that she went that far but yeah. I think that's what people have had in the past with Wanda, her um, her comics not really ever being about her, or like the fact that she was this crazy, super powerful person. And mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, she did like some wild stuff in the comics, like having yeah. an incestuous relationship with her brother. You know, it just became <laughs> like, okay, like, can we get away from the fact of Wanda being completely out of her mind? Now that you've put her in the spotlight of an MCU character and beloved character at that. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah, it's it's a really good point. And I and I think that it wasn't that it was, uh, you know, a completely a complete misfire. I think there's just like some problems people are naturally going to have with it. And I think to your point, Trent, she made for a really compelling or a really entertaining villain. I'll say that too, you know, like, mm-hmm. you know, her being the, you know, the villain from the start made it moved the movie along. You know, I, I can, mm-hmm. I, I definitely, I think that's kind of what, what you were pointing out to some degree, Trent. Yeah. Yeah. I think the um, movie would have been maybe the motive of Wanda, maybe like the dark hold, maybe tricking her to think that she actually had to save her kids, not finding out that her kids were, who know, or, you know, they were, you know, deleted, I guess, from this universe because she created it and then she had to go find them somewhere else. I think it might have been a little bit more compelling if she really truly was deceived by the Darkhold the whole time and thought she had to yeah. save her kids from something and then you know, in the end, finding out she was just being used by that demon behind the dark hole. So he could, you know, basically come into the world, you know, come into the MCU or, um, and just kind of have some sort of foothold or stronger foothold into the, um, onto earth or I guess this universe. But I feel like that was a little bit of a missed opportunity to even, that could have been like an inkling to redeem her (laughs) in some way. Right, right. I and we'll see. I mean, hey, they redeemed Loki. They they literally they took they took Loki, who like literally went on a genocidal rampage, and and now he we're like we're like cool with Loki again. So yeah, like, yeah, give, yeah. Us, give us ten <laughs> seasons of your own show, bro. You're good. Like <laughs> exactly, exactly. So um. Okay. You know. Now we can we can flip flop now. Trent, what were some of your problems with the Doctor Strange arc? I I just I feel like the movie wants to say it's this whole thing of it's this weird thing of like the, the, he's being warned by the Illuminati of like oh you can't use the dark hold the dark hold instantly like corrupts and then like the end of the movie is like he uses dark magic to help defeat Wanda and it's all fine and then like the very end of the movie is like actually the thing he needed to learn was that like the only reason he lost Christine was because he's afraid to lose anybody I don't know it just felt it felt weirdly like trite and shallow depth to me on mm. this first viewing. I don't know. Maybe I'll go back to it and rewatch it some more and some new stuff will stick out, but it just, nothing really clicked for me there of anything of value for strange to learn this time. You're right. I actually, I mean like 
I agree with you on the sense that the uh, the Christine subplot of his character arc did not land a ton for me. And yeah, I mean, in all honesty, I think they fleshed it out better in the what if episode than they did in this movie. Yeah, like, yeah, I, exactly. I, I, I can I can agree with you on that for sure. I mean, I I think it was great to see Rachel McAdams again. I hope I hope they bring right, her right. back. And, but and I want to like, be clear, I'm clear. She's not the problem at all. Like, oh, she did yeah, a great yeah. job in this. And like Benedict, I love his performance again. Clear on that. Yeah, too. it's it's literally I just didn't like what they were trying to say or what I felt like they didn't say about Doctor Strange in the story. Um, yeah, I think that's completely valid. Aaliyah, how about how about how did you feel about the Doctor Strange arc? Um, I would almost say what arc <laughs> because <laughs> I think like um that I don't know like I guess the whole thing is like Doctor Strange is emotionally detached I guess than like the average person maybe that was expressed like more. That was expressed more in the first movie and how he really had to get in tune with like also his spiritual side too. So like spiritually attached, emotionally detached, just pretty much like a rigid person, but like his soft spot was Christine. And I don't know, just, I think that it was more compelling in what if, I think if they made the movie longer, which I guess is, we'll get into that. Like Mm -hmm. we could have actually had that more moments where he, um, where he, we could have like gone into like what was going on in his mind instead of people just pe- like throughout the movie asking him if he was happy and us watching the look on his face and knowing, okay, we know he's not happy, but just kind of like going deeper into like his, his psyche. I know like it's ultimately his movie. So I think it would have been um, pretty, I, I think it would have been advantageous for them to like, just go deeper into that and maybe Sam Raimi did and then they cut it and but I think also the whole um they could have foiled like Wanda and um Doctor Strange and how their two approaches to handling the loves of their lives like look at how Wanda's like going crazy over it and then look at you know Doctor Strange he just simply detaches and I don't even know remember fully what happened with him and Christine but it was underwhelming from what I can remember yeah yeah exactly i mean like honestly because i to me i feel like dr stranger's story is better told and just more memorable in infinity war than it is in his own first original movie like and that's why like the yeah i don't remember much about his story with christine from the first dr strange movie because so much has happened since then yeah and right yeah, yeah i i i feel like for me what why i because i i i can agree that that part of it did not work for me what did work for me for dr strange's arc is the moment the movie starts he's at christine's wedding and the mm. doctor sits next to him and initially initially sets up the question of who who made you the you know all-seeing all-knowing uh, source of wisdom in the universe that you could you got to decide what route was best for humanity when uh mm-hmm. when you were fighting thanos and yeah. wanda questions him on it later and i to me what stood out is that you know th- there's a scene later in the movie where he's talking to sinister strange in the the universe that's uh it suffered the incursion and mm-hmm. they're relating to each other about how they lost their sister and mm-hmm. how that kind of 
you can see the it, it's not I, i'll i'll admit it's not super well fleshed out but you can see throughout the movie he's being challenged on basically like kind of being a control freak if if i'm gonna be completely honest it's always mm. it's always got to be his way or the highway and you can even maybe trace that back to the story he was telling about his sister dying on the on the pond and so um oh, yeah i do that's think true. that's a, the more compelling part of his story that they honestly should more spend more time because he is one of also one of the most powerful persons in the in the mcu who literally has the ability to turn back time or you know transfer <laughs> yeah. universes and with you know it's like the spider-man thing with great power comes great responsibility like he is kind of in charge of writing the history of the mcu at this point and that's that's something that needs to be discovered or uh questioned a little bit more you know yeah and i will say even sitting here hearing you talk about it i guess you could argue his arc is because everybody's telling him you know like you always have to be the one like holding the knife is i think what christine says yeah Um, and then by the third act though he does make the decision like it's not his job to beat Wanda. It's actually his job to like um, build up America and give her the confidence to actually use her powers. And then she's the one to that's able to get Wanda to stop. So I guess you could see his arc is like learning that it's not all about him being the guy to come up with the solution. But I still think, I, I think that we keep coming back to this thing of like the pacing of the movie needed to be that they could just elaborate on these ideas that are good, but just expand mm-hmm. them further. Yes. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Like the, the foundations were there. It just didn't get built out all the way, I don't think. So mm-hmm. that actually leads me to something I mentioned earlier. Do you feel like this movie should have been longer? Yes. I think it, yeah. should, be, I think it should be longer. And then, uh, Josh, I sort of alluded this to you earlier. I don't know if I, this is going to jump us to a different spot. But I'm like, if, if we cut out the Illuminati sequence and are able to spend more time with uh, Strange and Wanda in America, I think this movie is better for it interesting okay yeah i would i think i would partially agree with that because at the same time i'm like no give me cameos but at the same time (laughs) i'm also like yeah i mean that scene was essentially like those scenes where the illuminati popped up and they explained i think i was also like okay i guess we'll save that for later half of the podcast but I think yeah, what they well, did. Well, we can that. talk. Let's. I if if I may, real quick. I want to talk about the characters that were introduced in that scene for sure. But mm-hmm. let's talk about that scene in particular. What, what was you know, and how effective it was. And I'll let you let you just kick us off, Aaliyah. Yeah, I think I thought. I think there was a lot of buildup in the trailers, seeing like the Ultron um, bots or what are the Sentinels. Um, are they the Sentinels? Maybe, yeah. I I'm not they, sure they are, if they're the they, Sentinels. They are Ultrons who've been like converted into Sentinels. Oh, okay, it's okay. like it's like it's like Ultrons if they worked the way Tony wanted them to work. Like, okay, okay. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. So those like Ultron Sentinels, and you know, just well, one the way that that all happened, like how Strange kind of like ended up. Um, being like poisoned by Modoc or what's his name? Mordor. <laughs> I almost said Modoc. Oh, Modoc. <laughs> Mordo. Mordo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mordo, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and he kind of they ended up in this scene. I'm like, 
Yeah, I think I would have loved to have spent more time in um, other multiverses that were more interesting. And um, because it is like he's in the multiverse and it's just absolute madness. So I going in, I'm like, okay, this has to be really good for them to like kind of stop and put like 15 minutes into this movie yeah. being like, or this scene. Um, and yeah, it was, there was a lot of shock factors. So that kind of softened the blow. Mm-hmm. But I yeah. think what that, those scenes really struggled with was having a point. And then also <laughs> I think it just kind of, yeah, I think you kind of officially at that point, you were like, oh yeah, this is not a fight. This is not a fighting movie. Like, <laughs> Sam Raimi's not directing any, you know, the one opportunity he had. Um, so, yeah, I would say that scene really struggled to provide, like, something productive to the movie. Yeah. Yeah. I, it's, it's right. I, this was kind of your, your biggest gripe with it. Do you have more to add than what you kind of have already said? No, I mean that—that's uh, what I would say. Is like I don't like I enjoyed it in the moment. Like I geeked out seeing yeah. Professor X in the you know mm-hmm. you know animated yellow chair, and they even put like a piece of the animated theme into the score. Yeah. Like I enjoyed it in the moment, and all those actors did a good job performing it. Like they didn't do bad at all. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm like at the end of the day, like what was the point of that section? Because um, it's this mm-hmm. weird thing of like they're telling Strange, they're like. Well, like, just because our strange used the dark hold and it corrupted him, we had to kill him. And so now we, like, we're afraid we're going to have to, like, kill you too inherently. And then literally, like, 30 yeah. seconds, then 30 seconds later, Patrick Stewart's like, actually, like, all humans have free will, so you can decide <laughs> your own path. Like, never mind, you're free to go. I was like, what? Like, yeah. So is it free will or determinism, Patrick Stewart? Like, <laughs> <laughs> these are the questions we need answered, right? We need more time to dwell on these questions that that I, said i did enjoy seeing like from a pure visual shock standpoint like john krasinski turned into spaghetti like that was like yeah. truly inventive <laughs> like <laughs> that was incredible that was truly incredible i it's just it's it's so funny because like as y'all are talking about it i'm a hundred percent like i'm with you i'm thinking about it like i guess it told us that you know no one's ever truly lost which could be key for Wanda's story in the future of the MCU, but sure. also I don't know exactly if it's true for any of the characters as it pertains to this movie. And and in the moment, I'm a sucker for this kind of stuff. We all are, right? We yeah. are like yeah. we are suckers yeah. for the cameos. And when John Krasinski showed up on screen, I lost my mind. Like <laughs> I like and there was not that many people in the theater on a Monday night. Like I, I was yeah. the only one kind of losing my mind, but <laughs> it was uh, definitely, I don't know. It's it, it. And I, and also the flashback scene of them like vanquishing the other Dr. Strange after uh, Thanos had been destroyed. I don't know this, all mm-hmm. that stuff. We could talk about that more later. Mm-hmm. I'm just a sucker for that stuff. So that stuff drew me in and yeah, it, it displayed Wanda's power for sure, which I actually think that's what we've been needing to see from Wanda all these years that she's since age of Ultron. We have not seen that like she can go completely off with, on almost any other hero or, or mm-hmm. villain in this universe. And that's important, but it's not that important in terms of like really landing the movie. And so, yeah, I think y'all are right. Mm-hmm. Um, So this, this, 
Illuminati cameo sequence plays into a larger disappointment, you know, feeling kind of weird about the movie afterwards. A lot of fans felt like they got duped a little bit into believing that this movie was going to have, I think, larger implications on the wider MCU than Mm -hmm. it ended up having. And Mm. so my question to y'all is, do you think that was a failure of this movie? Did did this movie need to have higher stakes on it? Um. So, Josh, I've talked to you about the fact that, like, for the past couple of years, I've mostly tried to stop watching trailers for this yeah. exact reason. Because at the end of the day, like, filmmakers and the people who make movie trailers have totally different goals. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. like a movie maker is like, these scenes can't be shown out of context because the whole story needs to flow in a certain way. And a trailer house is saying, we need to show the most exciting moments that are going to guarantee people to buy a ticket to sit in a seat. So it's literally two agendas that like can work together, but also can oppose each other. Um, mm-hmm. And and while I certainly think movies, especially like Marvel and Star Wars, sh- should keep in mind entertaining their audiences, at the end of the day, I do think a filmmaker's main concern is, like, how do I write a well-thought-out, satisfying story for plot and character? And, like, hopefully audience enjoyment is a byproduct, not, like, the main point. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. if you try to, because if you tr- if you try to entertain everybody, you're probably not going to entertain anybody. This is sort of what happened, like with Rise of Skywalker. I hate to say, like it was like yeah, we got we got to we got to like fix the fan hate of the Last Jedi while also appealing to people who liked some things about the Last Jedi, and then they made a movie that nobody really liked. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I. I. I felt for myself like i was trying so hard not to look at anything spoilery i watched the trailers for sure but i was trying not to dive headfirst into the theories you know Mm -hmm. i i think that's something Mm -hmm. that has become almost too common for marvel fans is like now we can't even watch like we can't even watch falcon and the winter soldier without having to have these giant theories about what it could mean for the (laughs) for the wider mcu and it's like a lot of these things aren't meant to do that but for this movie even though i didn't look at the theories i knew they were out there and to me this uh the concept of the multiverse is kind of like supposed to be the big deal about this phase of the mcu and in terms of what we've seen in loki and it's also mm-hmm. just such a huge concept that, like, I I would think it would have wide implications on the MCU. I also think Doctor Strange, being his de- his decisions that he made in Infinity War, and even in No Way Home or something like that, right? Like, he's got a lot oh, of yeah. power in the MCU. And mm-hmm. to me, I was disappointed because of that because I went in thinking, like, you know, I like who cares if the X Men are are in this movie or not, like. I think this is going to mean a lot for the rest of the MCU and, and hopefully propel the overall narrative forward. And it didn't really do that at all. And so to me, that's where if it fell short for me. Um, and so I, I'm just, yeah, that's, that was kind of my expectations. Aliyah, did you have expectations about this movie for like the, the wider MCU? Um, yes, I, 
Well, one, to go back for one second, um, yeah, I think the trailers and stuff like that and spoilers are really getting out of hand um, yeah. on the internet where I find myself having to stay off of the internet because I I want <laughs> to truly be surprised. Like, right. Yeah. Actually, I was talking to my brother because he saw it the day before I saw it. I was talking with him because he saw it the day it came out and he kind of inadvertently like spoiled it for me because he was saying like, oh yeah, the person that shows up. You know, uh, I heard he only, you know, signed on to this because he could, if he could get, you know, if he could direct a movie and then bring his wife along to, you know, to part. And I was like, oh, gosh. I was like, no. (laughs) No, you can't do that. That's way too obvious. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, "Uh," because I had heard, you know, John Krasinski like a long time ago. And I had never really sought out that spoiler again because I was like, I want to genuinely be shocked if this happened. And, um, but yeah, that, the spoilers, I think it was really bad with Spider-Man and they're just, people are just, just sometimes just mean about it. They're just posting. Yeah, honestly, I think the question I have is more so now should, I guess, should we as an audience change our expectations or, or, you know, how, how big of a role should expectations play when we think about if a movie succeeded or not? You know, I, I think it's easy to it, it or it's difficult in my mind to to judge a movie in the MCU or in other of these fandom franchises based solely on was this a good movie or not and taking and, and not uh, thinking about how it fits into the larger uh, into the larger puzzle. Yeah, I think having audience expectation is fine, and it's totally human, right? Like, we all have things we want from stories. I think to say a movie is good or bad because it's not what you predicted is hard because, yeah, for you, a movie, or like any of us, like, it may have not gone the way you wanted, but for someone out there, a movie went exactly the way they wanted. So it's like, which which fan matters more than, like? Yeah, um, that's a good um, point. So so everyone's going to be right about some things and happy with some things and everybody's going to hate other things. So I, I would much rather a director tr- and writer tries to not think about that at all and just like, what do they find most interesting ways to like explore these characters' worlds and themes and challenge these characters? And I would much rather that be their headspace than like, are people going to like this or not? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say that um, from talking it out, I'm like, oh, I enjoyed being there in the movie but I, I i was very entertained i think there's a difference between like loving a movie because it is so it's like written extremely well and directed extremely well and um maybe there aren't cheesy like <laughs> moments at the end like dr strange you know giving america chavez a pep talk you know and a zombie <laughs> body that was just like okay <laughs> i know it's like sam raimi-esque but that yeah. was I was just, I couldn't, my sister and I were just like laughing. We were like, what? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Um, and I think that there are like some differences, like this movie was entertaining. And I think, you know, I noticed like, I'm just, I have a lot of critiques about the movie. And I think that's because I, I'm not seeing it on a um, level that is, I don't know. I, I can't say I, I went in with all these crazy expectations because I think it's hard to do when you start introducing the multiverse 
And yeah. to make a solid foundation of a plot, I think it gets very, it's very difficult. So I think going in, I tried not to say like, oh, you know, Sam Raimi, like you said, now he's, now I know he's 10 years out of directing, you know, like this may not be, uh, I think I just going in, I didn't have extremely high expectations and I came in to be entertained, not to pick apart yeah. the movie. And I think it made a difference for me because if I would have gone in with maybe uh, someone else was like directing and I would have gone in having all of these laundry lists of expectations and the writing and the directing, I think, yeah, I would have been disappointed. I think at the end of the movie, I did have some moments where I kind of scratched my head where I'm like, okay, the, the music note scene. So why did that have to happen? Um, where did the runes come into this or you know, there's just like a lot of things where I'm like, um, you know, this wasn't the uh, best movie that was made by Marvel. And they might, you know, Kevin Feige had even, the fact that he's even making a comment like, oh, I feel like the trailer showed too much. Um, like the uh, saying that at the opening night, the premiere of the movie, um, I think it kind of shows like maybe he was a little bit like, I don't like how maybe uh, people responded to it, you know, like, or how critics are responding to it or how the fans might respond to it. I'm just going to preface. I think that the trailer showed too much, you know? Yeah. So I would say overall, like, um, it was entertaining, but I can't say it was um, a good <laughs> movie in the sense of, uh, you know, um, writing and plot. I literally Trent and I texted each other the same thing after we each saw it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like can't say it's good, but it was fun. Yeah, so, yeah, it was fun. <laughs> I feel like we've done a lot of the dissecting of this movie of kind of picking it apart where it didn't succeed. And so mm -hmm. I, you know, I like to I like to say I'm a pretty optimistic person. I I'd love to I love to spend some time kind of talking about what we enjoyed about it. Uh, and you know, some of the things that really stood out to us in that way. So first I'll go to the, the, the cameos that we got in this movie. Yeah. And I, because you know, whether the scene worked or not, like that was a pretty awesome moment for nerds like us that to just like geek out, uh, mm -hmm. seeing some of these people. So, so what for, for each of you, what was the moment? when we got to the Illuminati scene that you were like, Oh, they're doing it. This really got me hype. I I, th I think I said, I, I like actually fully uh, modeling professor X after like the nineties cartoon counterpart and putting like the original theme in there. I was like, all right, you got a smile on my face. Like, <laughs> I was like, that was pretty good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. And just, I'll never get tired of hearing Patrick Stewart's voice, like whisk, you know, ethics yeah. and philosophy yeah. about stuff. So no, nah, it was great. Yeah. Um, for me, I would have to say it was Wanda just like, uh, like just being wild, like in terms <laughs> of how she was, um, like it wasn't even a fight, how she just decimated <laughs> she them. She dismantled and, like, them. Yeah. And my favorite part, um, her, it's, uh, Black Bolt, right? Um, yeah. Yeah. Where she's like, what mouth? And then like, there's just like... <laughs> He, like, so good. And his brain implodes. And then that's where my mouth, like, dropped. And I was yeah. like, 
oh, this is what's happening. Yeah. <laughs> this is how it's going to go. I feel like the movie flipped at that point, honestly. Like, it really took a turn after that moment. Well, then they give yeah. Captain, they give Captain Carter like the I can do this all day line, and then immediately after yeah. she's just like cut in half by her sliced in half. Like holy crap! Yeah, that I was... thought there was going to be something more Captain Carter after she said that line. I was like, oh, we haven't even seen the likes of Captain Carter, and then, <laughs> nope, it's gone. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's over. No, that was tough. That was tough. I for me, it had because luckily I did not have it spoiled for me. Unlike, mm-hmm. I know both of you got spoiled, unfortunately. Yeah. Seeing John Krasinski just mm-hmm. just emerge onto the scene <laughs> as Fantastic Mr. Fantastic. Like, oh, I couldn't believe it. Like, I knew Mr. Fantastic was in the Illuminati, right? Mm-hmm. I I actually thought because the fans have been clamoring so much, John Krasinski, John Krasinski, you know, <laughs> it's got to be him and Emily Blunt. Like, I was like, they're not going to do that. They're not going to just completely go the fan service route and they did and yeah. like i was like oh i don't know if this is good but then i kept watching it and i'm like this is amazing this is like, yeah he's at like i don't know i felt like i i was convinced like this man should be mr fantastic when they do the fantastic four movie like i was i was fully convinced i loved it i would say uh, for me the jury's still out on that i did not care for his performance like oh interesting okay mm-hmm. um and I, I thought yeah maybe a little stiff um i don't know i think reed richards is aloof and just completely in another space at all times and can sometimes be like a little bit like just like non-emotional um and i think it might be hard for john krasinski to do <laughs> and or maybe they won't go that route but i'm also like I don't know. I felt like that Reed Richards. I mean, he was cute and warm. He was all of those things <laughs> that John yeah, Krasinski yeah, sure. is, but yeah. he's also, you know, I was like, I don't know. We'll have to see what happens with this. Uh, That's a good. It's a great critique. Yeah. yeah no, no, I, th- I, I, th- I agree. I think John Krasinski could do an amazing job. I also, I would be surprised if, cause like there was a big news story about Dr. Strange, you know, having to do like massive reshoots a couple months ago. Oh, and yeah. so I, I, would, I wouldn't be surprised if it was a case of like Kevin Feige just called up John Krasinski and was like, hey, we're like in London. We can get you on a plane like next week. And then you have to like run to set and just like say these lines. And like, mm-hmm. so I that forgot would, about the reshoots. So that would totally explain why John Krasinski was stiff because he probably didn't have like a bunch of time to like get into the character or, or who this character is knowing that he was going to die in 30 seconds too. Like, that's true. Um, oh, that is true. Oh, that's wild. Oh, yeah, do, do I think if they, if they want to cast him full term in the MCU that he could do an amazing job with a writer director and a great script absolutely like john krasinski he's a great performer especially in like a quiet place in the jack ryan series and stuff like that so yeah mm. i you know i don't know if there's any like literally any in humans fans out there of the tv show i'm talking <laughs> not the comics but hey i mean black bolt was out there that was that was kind of cool to see i would yeah. lo- i would actually i'd actually love for them we we talk more about it in the theorizing but i actually love for them to try and redeem that uh that horrible attempt of a of a tv show um yeah let's uh (laughs) let's let's pivot and talk about literally the character that might have meant the most to the entire plot america chavez gets introduced yeah what y'all what y'all think about her 
I really liked, I think it's Sochi <coughs> Gomez is how you pronounce her name. She, I thought she did a really good job. I wish, I wish, I'm going to go back to our thing we talked about a lot earlier. More time with her. Um, yes. I, I, I don't think we got enough. Um, and I really did not like for the third act. Um, I like the idea of Doctor Strange motivating her, but I, I don't like the tired old thing of like, the power was inside you all along, kid. Like, <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, and then she could instantly... And it's not that she could do it. I just didn't like that she instantly knew to transport Wanda to, like, where the kids were. I wanted them to have, like, a fight of her going through, like, different dimensions she'd already been through and then eventually getting to where, like, the kids were. But instead, she just instantly yeah. was like, oh, go there, Wanda, and be get a good pep talk from that other version of you. Um, but, no, I'm very excited to see what they're going to do with this character going forward. I like that she's training at Kamratage, and she's like, I made some sparkles. Mm. Like, that was a really sweet scene. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah i think yeah i can't say i have a whole lot to say about her character it did kind of feel like she was an added i don't know uh i guess like an added character in there like a plot device maybe yeah um for i guess their attempt at dr strange's um character arc and i mean i know they're gonna introduce and like set up the young avengers at some point I don't quite know her original power set in the comics, but I I think I've heard like they have changed it. Like they've kind of changed it around a little and in this, um, in the MCU. So yeah, I think I, I think I wish I would have known, like, I like how they went back to her origin story. How did she, you know, but I'm also like, uh, okay. So you're saying you were like freaking out and you, you know, you basically like, created and pushed your moms into another dimension and you can't find them and they're probably dead and i was just like i don't know it was just like a little for me i, I don't really have like a strong opinion on america chavez yeah uh, i think i hope she <laughs> i hope she does become a like valuable character in the mcu but i yeah. think jury's kind of still out i don't i don't know if they really nailed it in like her introduction <laughs> Yeah, she was a great I, added like comedic relief though. I did like that they brought a young character and a young person into the MCU to like mm-hmm. add something and to mix up like the um like the the ages that are you know generally like watching the MCU even though this was like a complete horror movie but <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I yeah, I agree. I think she I to me I actually felt like she brought a different side out of Dr. Strange in this movie, mm-hmm. which I, I, I felt like pairing her with strange for a solid chunk of the movie was helpful in yeah. pushing him along to, to not always be the arrogant, you know, l- leader that's, you know, going into battle all the time. Like kind of, he had to pause a lot of times to maybe show a softer side to to empathize for her and and what happened when she lost her moms and and i think i enjoyed i i feel like she added a lot in that sense to the movie and i'm i'm super excited like they're definitely going young avengers and i have no really knowledge of those characters the comics you know any anything related to them but i love kate bishop and uh i really like america chavez and it seems like Billy and Tommy keep popping up. I know they're part yeah. of the Avengers, so like I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, I am by every time they introduce another character that could be Young Avengers, like 
I get more excited for that potential project. So I think she's, yeah. I think she's going to be a great addition. Yeah. I think she'll be a great young Avenger. I think yeah. her personality will just like add to the group. Um, Cause we'll see with Wicked and Speed um, what's going to happen with them and how they're going to, I guess that's the other thing like Wicked and Speed, like how are they going to uh, age them up since they didn't do that in this, right. in this mm-hmm. movie or, you know, I don't know how long are they going to wait before they do this Young Avengers movie? Are they just kind of waiting for these actual kids in real life to grow up? But I don't know. I know they've already casted like so many kids at this point. So it's like, right, right. You're going to have like Haley Steinfeld, like pushing 30, like being I was, the young I was thinking the same thing. Like she, she's not, she's young, but by the time this thing comes out, there is still an age gap between her yeah. and some of these <laughs> others. So yeah. Um, all right, what I'll end on uh, our discussion of this movie with just give me like a favorite scene, moment, visual sequence, or you know, a callback or Easter egg that that sticks out to you that you're like, man, I love this moment of the movie. Uh, I'm gonna say two really quick, if that's all right. Yeah, um, go for it. Yeah, it could be two. It could be two. Yeah, so I th- I think my my favorite like thing of Marvel meeting Sam Raimi was just like the 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 chase scene at the underground of the Illuminati headquarters of like Scarlet Witch coming at them and all the like yeah. steel door like that was pure Sam Raimi and pure Marvel at the same time. I thought that was yeah. fantastic. And, the and then of course, uh, yeah, I and I got to talk about the uh, the dueling music notes. I mean, only. Oh. Only Sam Raimi and Danny Elfman could come up with such a brilliant concept. <laughs> like, I loved that, it too. Yes, that was the moment where I decided I was fully on board with this movie. Until then, I was yeah. like, uh, I don't know how I feel about this. And then that happened, and I was like, All right, never mind. Like, I'm on for the ride. Um, and just the way it starts too, with like Strange standing up and hitting his hand on the piano to hit like the stereotypical like horror movie chord, where it's like, <laughs> yeah, the three, yeah. And then he's like, Oh, I can just use these as ninja stars, like. <laughs> uh, it was exactly just, i never would have invented that in my life and sam raimi is just a madman and i appreciate it yep mm. um i would say i don't know as much as i have mixed emotions about the um illuminati showing up in the movie and whether that was even necessary and things like that um i would say it's it is that moment like where yeah yeah. Black Bolt gets his head imploded. Like, <laughs> yeah, I was like completely just like, this is what I've always wanted to see. Like, I've always wanted to see this happen in the MCU where someone just goes crazy. Uh, I think even the whole thing of like her snapping Professor X's neck is just like, wow. <laughs> but he like even like doing it because Professor X is like that's like his that's like where he's the strongest in yeah in other people's mind or in his mind and telepathically and the fact that Wanda, which I would love to see if they even like maybe explain this um, inadvertently somehow in the later MCU movies, it's like, how did she, how was she able to accomplish that? First of all, yeah, and this is yeah. all like, and maybe because it was in her mind, but it's like, how did professor X not know, like not see that coming? Like, so anything like that and i thought that was like really interesting so i think it was that ruthlessness in that moment um and i agree with you trent that scene where they're running under the illuminati building and she's just like limping and there's a moment where you just feel sad for her because mm-hmm. and it points to like the movie carry with like the blood running down her face and how you 
kind of also just feel sad for Carrie, but she's just like on a rampage. And at that point, it was just like, oh, wow, like Wanda's really got, she's really got some problems and she's really persisting like in this, yeah. in this like, I think illusion she has for herself about her family. Mm-hmm. And I think that kind of, that was really cool to see. Yeah, I agree. I, um, for me, I love, like, like for you, Trent, you like the musical note fight was the moment for you when you were like, I'm all in for me. It came a little bit later, but when, when Dr. Strange possesses the zombie version of himself, oh, is when I was like, yeah. oh this is great. Like, honestly, like, it was so weird and it was Sam Raimi does a great job in his other movies too of like it's the it's making fun of itself, you know? It's not mm-hmm. taking itself too seriously. And I actually think if the movie had started out with that tone, I think it would have it would have been a much, you know, less problematic or not problematic, but a, a less flawed film, you know? Like I mm-hmm. I think we would overall be like oh okay they were just they were going for this truly just zany horror comedy kind of vibe and yeah. i to me i felt like ever since he became zombie strange everything past that point i was like all on board with it was like the perfect <laughs> amount of like cr- like kind of creepy but also kind of funny that like I, w- I was totally on board for it yeah um, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because i was gonna say i think dr strange for me now between the first movie being with the whole Dormammu time loop and this one i'm like most innovative third acts that every everyone, yeah. makes, everyone makes fun of Marvel and their third act problem. These two movies have had two ones that I've never seen. I That's did not a have, really good point. I did not have Zombie Strange <laughs> on my bingo card for a movie resolution in the MCU. Yeah. Um, no, I, no, I don't think it, anyone did. It was so good. It was so good. Yeah, I loved it. It was yeah, it was an excellent use of uh, yeah. It was, a, it was a great way to end it. And then the the other one to me is great. Any you know a great callback to the Evil Dead series of yeah. Sam Raimi bringing Bruce Campbell into yeah. the movie <laughs> and letting him be the angsty, annoying uh, pizza ball uh, yes. vendor, and yeah. he was the acting was pr- like it was completely Bruce Campbell from you know any of the Evil Dead movies in that moment. Also, I love mm-hmm. the uh, or Spider Man or Spider Man. Yes, any of the if you've seen. The show Burn Notice, Bruce Campbell, great, mm. uh, great addition in Burn Notice. It was just great to yeah. see him there. We even got the post credit scene with him finally breathing <laughs> free from the spell. It was just great. It was just great to see him in in a same Raimi movie again. So that was mm. that was really cool. Enjoyed yeah. that a ton. Oh, that reminds me, like the ending, I guess, with him, I guess, keeping some of the dark hold magic yes. uh, yeah. with him, even though the books are destroyed. I was like, oh, interesting. How is this going to happen? Are you not going to get corrupted by this? I I love that I love that you brought that up. This is how we'll end the pod. So, you know, we always do our our theorizing for last. So, um that'll be our big theory question for today. Is the post-credit scene and the end of the movie show Doctor Strange with the third eye? Yeah. Uh mm-hmm. very creepy. Yeah. And in the post-credit scene, there's some witch or sorceress and a purple mm-hmm. robe that comes popping through the this universe and opening up a portal that uh basically is recruiting dr strange for some help i did not know who this person was i'm not sure if either of you did but 
What yeah, do you think is happening really in the post credit scene and into this movie? I mean, I I mean, I can only suspect that. I mean, I've heard. Um, I had asked my dad about it, like after we got out of the movie, and I was just kind of like, "Okay, who is this?" Like, I don't even know. And he was yeah. like, "This is a so and so," and she basically um, works with Doctor or has like worked with Doctor Strange. They've had like a romantic relationship in the past. Interesting. And um, she's like, she is a sorcerer. She's not like a witch. So I guess it's like the. Okay. He was kind of like comparing her to like the um, the Wanda version of a sorcerer, and oh, um, okay, yeah. So she, I I thought it was cool uh, how she like slashed through the um, <laughs> through the uh, reality to like hop into another uh, universe. I think yeah, yeah, her name is that Sophia. was really cool. Um, I'm literally just looking it up now, and I'm pretty positive. Yeah, her name is Clea. Yep. Yeah, so I don't know if that's going to be like her. I don't know where she's going to come in um, at that point. I, I'll i have to look into that a little bit more. Like, what are they going to do with her now that she's in the MCU? Maybe she'll show up in Loki or something like that. Because I Ooh, think that'd be interesting. she is supposed to um, kind of handle more of like the multiverse type of stuff. So interesting. I don't know. Trent, how about, how about do you have any theories on this? No, I mean, I will say, well, first of all, I was frustrated by that first post-credit scene because I, I was like, oh, yes, like, Strange has this third eye and it's weird and it's random and it cuts to black and it's like, oh, is he going to be okay? And then the post-credit scene comes up and it's like, yeah, he's fine. He just has a third eye now. I was yeah. like, yeah, yeah. They did kind of cut that dramatic scared. tension, yeah. Yeah, um, but no, I mean, yeah, Charlize Theron's like a great actress, so... If she wants to join the MCU party, like I'm all for it. And if like yeah. the, the third Doctor Strange movie is going to be like him and her just like going to different portals to like handle different stuff in the multiverse, I I'm fine with that too. Um, I, yeah, it'll be fun. My mm-hmm. one theory is that the portal she opened up, what was happening on the other side of it? Who knows? But uh, yeah. it did kind of look like Dormammu to me. Mm-hmm. I I don't. I don't know if either of y'all got that vibe, but like, you know, she's wearing the purple mm-hmm. robes. It's kind of like a purplish background and yeah. it looked like it could be, uh, you know, Dormammu dark dimension kind of kind of deal going on. And and that, yeah. to me, I would love it if they brought that character back for a third Doctor Strange. I think that would be that'd be really interesting. Mm-hmm. And she did ultimately say like, didn't she say something like, are you ready to clean up the mess you made? And you know, so it has something maybe to do with, of course, what happened in this movie, but maybe Dormammu is is back. Yeah, maybe. I hope so. I mean, I think that'd be fun. But yeah, mm-hmm. um, guys, it's been a been a great time talking about this movie. I know we've we've been on here for a while, but do y'all have any closing thoughts on on Doctor Strange before we wrap this thing up? I mean, just what a what a flawed movie that I cannot wait to watch a ton of times just because it's, it's so it's so fun to watch and i'm just happy sam raimi's making movies again because those you know first three spider-man movies were a keystone experience of my childhood so the fact yeah, that he's out there yeah. again like it, it's great it warms my heart and um i i like i said i loved the first doctor strange movie didn't love this one quite as much but i i still really love this property so i'm excited to see what they do going forward yeah i would say um 
yeah, like you said, a flawed movie that I really enjoyed and I will watch um, again and maybe even go see it in theaters again, honestly. I don't know. I think there might be like the 45-day window to put yeah. on Disney Plus, I think. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure, yeah. but um, I might even go see it again, you know, just because I think, you know, there's some Easter eggs I could definitely like probably pick up on again. Um, yeah, and I just think overall uh, it was – a movie I was glad to see. Like, I didn't feel like this was a waste of my life, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes I feel that about movies. Yeah. And I think that, um, yeah, I would, I mean, talk about a hard pivot. We're going to go into Love and Thunder after this. But... <laughs> a very hard pivot. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. I but think that'll, cool. yeah, that'll be fun in its own right. Yeah. So, yeah, I just enjoyed it. Um I'm excited to see what they're going to do about uh, with Doctor Strange. I really actually, and I know some people didn't like it, but I liked the rock number. Like when that, when his <laughs> eye were, yeah, uh, yeah. I guess when he was uh, not possessed, but a zombie. And I yeah. think they brought the rock music in and his third eye um, with uh, Defender Strange and stuff like, or was it Defender yeah. Strange? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then in the cutscene, how he like falls into the middle of the street and then his eye like shows up. I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. I really like that part. Yeah. Yeah. I did too. Yeah. What? Well, okay. One, one final thing. I, I forgot to mention this earlier, you know, Trent, Trent and I, a while back, one of the first episodes we did for this podcast was we, we graded every MCU film, kind of ranking them into tiers from F all the way to to a plus and then we you know created the superior s tier right so if i know i'm kind of putting y'all on the spot i forgot to put this in the outline but do you feel like you could give a grade or or tier ranking to this film right now i I think i'm hovering on the line between a c plus and a b and i can't quite figure out okay where i think it would change on what day you asked me interesting Um, okay yeah of those two where i would put it yeah, I agree. I think if if I see it again, it might change. But yeah. for right now, I think I'd put it at a either a C or a C plus. Maybe a C plus because I enjoyed it. I'm gonna i I can't believe this. I was gonna say C plus too. I thought there'd be a little bit more, <laughs> little little <laughs> more variance between us. But yeah, I I last night Haley asked me. Uh, what what I thought, and I said B plus because I'm always like you know riding the high right after the movie. But yeah, the more yeah. I sat with it today, I was like, the last moment is. I don't know. I mean, it was fun, but let's not get carried away here. So I yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna say I'm gonna say C plus for me as well. Well, right. you guys, this has been so much fun. Thank you for joining and making this a great conversation, Aaliyah. You are a great perspective yes. to have on the podcast for the first time. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you so much, Aaliyah. It's been a lot Thank of fun. You. Thank you. I'm glad that I came on. Thanks for having me. It was super fun. I can't ever really geek out like this. Um, <laughs> so Well, this hey, we'd love great. to have you on to geek out some more in the future. Yeah, that would be great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, thank you both again just for great discussion. And, you know, hopefully we get back out there and see this movie again. Um, yeah. If you enjoy this podcast, uh, don't forget to subscribe and leave a rate and review wherever you get your podcast. You can follow us at the Stinger Pod on social media. And we'll be back next week to wrap up our thoughts on Moon Knight 
as that uh, finale episode drops last week, and we haven't even got a chance to talk about it yet. So come back yeah. next week. We'll be we'll be here talking about Moon Knight. <laughs>